0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Coytze. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So um, we're back after quite a sabbatical. We were off for a couple of months. Um, Planned time off for the holidays in December and then some unplanned stuff um, during January where we had some construction going on in the hall. Um, lost our studio for a little while, so we're kind of back up and running, right? Yes, we did. Um, So thanks for for waiting for us, and I hope everybody's out there eager to listen to a a, new 2022 podcast. It's a little bit different. Um, We have done a a little bit of retooling of the podcast, uh, so you'll notice some maybe some regular segments, um, a a little bit of a different format. Um, So as always hit us up on email at teamsters what is it comms at teamsters 1150.org thank you jason comms at teamsters 1150.org tell us what you like about this new format tell us what you don't like about this new format tell us what um what you want to hear about right so um we're going to talk about some changes today to the local 1150 executive board to our leadership team um that's coming up in a little bit we're gonna have a couple of guests join us for that um but right now let's do a little bit of a benefits bite
1: yeah so to start off this year we're gonna try to help you guys learn the contract a little bit better in uh, small digestible segments so today we're going to talk about the cost of living adjustment everybody's talking about inflation right now and how much it's hurting our wallets Luckily, in our contract, we have a provision for a cost of living adjustment. So twice a year, uh, they determine based on the consumer price index for urban wage earners and clerical workers. They track the change in that index, and we get an increase or decrease in our pay that corresponds with that. So the formula is that we get one cent per hour for each fifteen full 15 hundredths of 1% change in the index. So that's a little bit wordy. Um, Super confusing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yes. A bit confusing.
1: (laughs) But basically, you need to know that twice a year, we do a mathematical formula, and we figure out how much money you're going to get due to inflation, cost of living adjustment. And it could go up to $0.18 at any given time. When does that happen? That's going to happen at the uh, start of the new contract period. Well, start of the annual contract period, so it would be in February.
0: Okay. And the second one is in August.
1: Yep. Yep. So you also have the option to defer your COLA. Um, a lot of people don't use that option as much now, but you do have the option on an all-or-nothing basis to put your COLA into um, the savings plan. It's not matched, but you still have the option to put it in there. It does go in on a before-tax basis. Um, the COLA also includes all deferred COLA from the contract, which is currently $0.28. Cents. So you got to remember it's a once-a-year thing that you can elect to put in defer your COLA you do have to wait to get back out of
0: it. So I want to be clear on this. If a new employee elects to do the deferred COLA, that goes back to the inception of COLA. So the total the total hourly amount that's going to go into their savings plan is like $3 and change, just so everybody's aware of that.
1: And and once you do get in, you have to wait until the annual period to get back out, which is coming out in the next few weeks. You should see a cola deferral form come out.
0: Right. Um, and, and and during that period, that's that usually happens around February, right? Yep. Um, just know that if you if you want to get out of cola because of some kind of financial hardship you didn't realize how much money it was we can help you do that they're not going to be that strict about it we'll, we'll we'll get you out of it if it's too much money
1: yeah a lot of guys now or guys and girls i'm seeing they're telling us that they're tailoring their deductions week to week more so than getting into the deferral um it is a big nut to yep. kind of Get used to it first, but a lot of people are happy with it as well. It's a good way when you're early on in your career, you defer that COLA right away. You don't really notice it missing from your check, and you end up with a, a nice uh, starting point in your 401.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, so we're going to take a dive into the contract. Um, again, this is something that we're going to do in every episode. Um, we're going to talk about some benefit stuff. We're going to talk about some contract language and kind of give you um, a little clarification on, on some contract language. Um I think it's fitting this week to do something on vacation time because vacation checks are coming out soon. Um, there are some new employees out there who who aren't really sure how much vacation time they get and when they get it. So, um, so, so let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, I'm going to be reading to you from a document that the union has created, and we're going to put it up on our website. We're going to make it available on the app. It's called Vacation Time for Dummies. Um, it's kind of a cheat sheet uh, to, to let you know how vacation time works here. All right. So, um, so let's take a quick rundown. There's some rules, uh, concerning vacation time and how you use it and, and and all that stuff that you need to know about. So vacation time is used in four hour increments. All right. So that's how you use your vacation time. You have to break it up into half day increments, um, however, five days can be used in one-hour increments, so that's real important yeah. for, for new folks who have just five days of vacation time. They can break their vacation time up into one-hour increments. More senior folks can break one of their weeks up into one-hour increments. Um, vacation time cannot be used during an employee's probationary period, so new folks, again, you have to wait that 90-day probationary period before you can use your vacation time. Um, you must get prior approval from your supervisor to use your vacation time. Um, however, 40 hours of vacation time can be used on what's called a short notice basis, which means you either call it in the day of the absence or you, you could walk up to your supervisor in the middle of the day, taking the rest of the day off using vacation time. That's short notice. Um, short notice vacation time cannot be used to extend a holiday. That's important to know about. Um, everyone. This is a terrible rule, terrible, terrible rule, but it is part of our contract. So please keep that in mind, um, especially young folks. Everyone must save one week of their vacation time to be used during the plant shutdown, um, the plant shutdown that doesn't exist anymore. So we haven't had a plant shutdown in probably 20 years. However, uh, we used to have a plant shutdown. It is still a part of our contract. The The company still maintains the right to have a plant shutdown if they so choose so um because of that everyone has to save a week of vacation time the company will make an announcement by april 1st whether or not there will be a plant shutdown and then once they once they make that announcement that there's no plant shutdown you can use your vacation time um employees can choose how to receive their vacation pay one of two ways um that choice must be made by January 3rd of 31st of each year. Um, you can choose to get paid in a lump sum at the beginning of the year, usually around February. Actually, by contract, it is by the end of February. Um, or or you can take your vacation pay on an as-it-is-used basis, which means you take a vacation day and you get paid for it in, the, in your next paycheck, right? Um, so let's talk about how much vacation time you get. So if you're hired between January 1st and June 30th, that year you get three days of vacation time. That's 24 hours of vacation time. Um, The year in which your first anniversary falls, you get one week of vacation time, which is five days or 40 hours. The year in which your second anniversary falls, you'll get two weeks, which is 10 vacation days, 80 hours. The year in which your eight-year anniversary falls, you jump up to three weeks vacation time. That's 15 vacation days or 120 hours. The year in which your 18th anniversary falls, you get your fourth week of vacation time. That's 20 vacation days, 160 hours. Um, and then finally, the year in which your 25-year anniversary falls, you get your fifth week of vacation time. That's five or sorry, 25 days of vacation, 200 hours of vacation time. Just so everybody out there knows, Sikorsky Aircraft is the only division of Lockheed Martin that tops out at five weeks of vacation time. Every single Lockheed Martin division tops out at four weeks except for us. So, hooray for us. Yes.
1: Um... So just to clarify for people, because there has been some confusion, especially with new hires, when you say the anniversary year falls, that means that you don't have to have two years or eight years at the start of this year prior right. to January 1st. That's it's, right. As long as you're going to make that anniversary year this coming year, the year during which the vacation would be taken, that's, right. that's when you rate for that time. So
0: if you were hired on December 31st, okay, the next day, you get a week of vacation time. Yep. Right. Because December 31st is your anniversary date. Um, so that year, your, aniver- your, your anniversary falls during that year. So on January 1st of that anniversary year, you get that that whatever that increase in vacation time is. OK. And. Um, and, and before I get into the how the pay works, if anyone has any questions about the contract stuff that we talk about, the benefit stuff that we talk about, please email us at that email address. That's comms at Teamsters1150.org. Um, send your questions there, and we'll address them in the next episode. Yeah.
1: The other crazy thing you could do, call for a steward, right? You yep. pay your dues. So uh Definitely make use of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're here to help out. So,
0: so call for a steward to ask questions. Absolutely. So you don't have to call for a steward to to file a grievance. You can call for a steward to ask that steward yep. a question about the contract. Yeah. A
1: lot of times you're going to get a better, more accurate answer from your steward than you would from even your supervisor. So something sure. to keep in Definitely. mind. Definitely.
0: Yep. Um, so how do you get paid? How much are you getting paid for your vacation time? So uh, just just try to do this quickly. Um, For those folks who get their three days of vacation time, uh, it's 24 times your hourly rate plus COLA and shift premium, okay? Um, For folks that are getting their one week, it's 40 times your base hourly rate plus COLA and shift premium if you are hired July 1st or later of the previous year. If you were hired... Prior to July 1st of the previous year, it's 4% of your gross earnings from the previous year. Okay. Um, and then we just get into a straight up calculation for, for anyone who has um, two weeks or more of vacation time. The calculation is 2% of your gross earnings from the previous year for each 40 hours of vacation time.
1: And I think the only thing that changes that formula when you get into the higher amounts of vacation is that they add in uh, a couple weeks of vacation pay into your gross earnings calculation yep. from the previous year. Yep.
0: Yep. So for for folks with three weeks of vacation time, they it includes one week of your vacation pay from the previous year. Four weeks of vacation time it includes two weeks of vacation pay from the previous year, and then five weeks of vacation time includes three weeks of vacation pay from the previous year in that calculation. Okay. So again, um, if, if you have questions, Uh, I would suggest you refer to Vacation Time for Dummies on our website and in our app. If that doesn't answer your questions, please shoot us an email at comms at teamsters1150.org or talk to your steward, and and we'll get you the answers that you need.
1: And as a good rule of thumb, make sure that you're double-checking these things. Make sure you're double-checking your entitlements to be sure that you have the accurate amount of vacation that you should, that you've earned, and also make sure that your calculations are correct in terms of your payout because there are errors that happen. Um, so it's it's definitely something you want to be on top of
0: yeah uh, as as everyone out there knows, payroll issues are probably the most frequent issues that we have with the company um, every week we have payroll issues and and vacation pay is no exception to that rule,
1: yeah even recently with the amount of time people rate for we had issues where they weren't showing up where their second week uh, should have kicked in for the two years and
0: yep okay so um, as I said, we're going to talk today about our new leadership team. So, I know a lot of folks out there don't know um, because you kind of just you kind of just move through your day, right, your work day. Um, if you're not super involved with the union or, or or paying a lot of attention, you may not even know that um, we swore in a new executive board in January at the January membership meeting. Um, don't be scared Rocco's not gone okay so it it's a new executive board from the from the standpoint that there are a couple of changes so um, we actually have today two the two new trustees that were sworn in Um, Mia Bridgeforth and Amy Gennato are joining us so ladies welcome to the podcast
3: thank you hello thank you
0: so um, so let's talk about you guys right Um, and, and and pardon me when I say you guys, I know that that's not (laughs) cool these days, but it's such a habit of mine. So I'm going to try to break that habit and I apologize. But, um, but you've been involved with the union for a long time and you've been at Sikorsky aircraft for a while, right? So, so why don't, why don't you take turns and tell us about your Sikorsky journey first?
3: Okay. So, um, This is Mia talking so you know what voice it is. Um, I started Sikorsky Aircraft through Career Pathways. Um, At the time it was called School to Career uh, Program. A very good internship that helped me and almost, I would say, kind of saved my life um, in a bit. Um,
0: So Mia, um, when you say you started in the Career Pathways Program, you started as an intern?
3: I started as an intern in high school my junior year. Um, It was an eight-week program um, for my junior and senior year. And I want to say it kind of saved me because as a 16-year-old in a trade school, I was already being looked at different because I went to a trade school. Um, I was told that, you know, a trade school doesn't um, prepare you for college. And at the time, what most people don't know was, because they knew Mia as quiet, good, got good grades, and everything is that I've, I've struggled through life, which a lot of people don't know. Um, I just made different choices at the time. And those choices led me to school to career pathways program. And at the time, when I was 16, 18 years old, to bridge the gap between job experience and college was difficult for me because um, my parents didn't have money to send me to college, you know, or things like that, and I didn't want to start off college being with debt when I really didn't have any money or didn't have a way to get money. And the second option I had was, you know, the the School to Career Pathways Program, which, like I said, um, bridges the gap because I lacked experience because... I thought I was going to go out and get a job, and people looked at my experience. When you're young, it's hard to gain experience and sometimes network. And then when you go to a trade school, you're already stereotyped that, you know, trade schools don't prep you for college. But what most people don't know, um, you learn a little bit about unions in trade school because um, a lot of unions were involved in trade at the time, which actually offered and paid, you know, a lot more money, which most people don't know. Um, so that's how I started.
0: Where did you work as an intern?
3: I worked as a engine mechanic at Sikorsky Aircraft. Um, and I had two mentors, uh, Larry Easter and Nathaniel Tor- Torres. Those were my two mentors at the time. With, I
0: worked with Nate and Larry a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so so when you said you were looked at differently because you went to a trade school is that um is that because of what you said about the not the trade schools maybe don't prepare you for college.
3: Yes, the trade school uh-huh. they say that don't prepare you for college. I mean, you're obviously gaining a skill. You're you're learning something. You're learning a skill. Yep. Um and at the time it was like go to school, go to college, um, and do that. And I always ask myself, well, how do I do that if, if I don't have, like, the tools or, you know, you know, guidance to get there? College doesn't come easy to everybody, yep. which was uh, difficult for me at the time.
2: Okay. What, what skill program were you uh, involved in in high school?
3: In high school, I took automotive uh, technology, um, and I chose that shop because I was inspired um, by a teacher named uh, Mr. Borgman. He had his own shop in Fairfield and things like that. He retired. Um,
0: Vinny's shaking his head right now. Vin, <laughs> was, I'm, a, I'm also an auto mechanic by trade, so
3: I, I like this a lot. Yeah, he, he, he inspired me. And then, like, when I, I – after I went through all the different trades – um Automotive. My teacher inspired me, and it was pretty funny because the second, my second choice was fashion, and then my third choice was machine tools. And everybody's like, "How do you go from fashion to machine tools and automotive I was model? just going to ask you that question. That's a pretty,
0: that's a pretty broad range. You didn't want to throw a little culinary in there too? Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, because at the time I wanted to do something different. I wanted almost like um I'd learn something new. I'm like, okay, there's a for some reason. Um, there's not a lot of women, um, and things like that involved in mechanics and things like that. I was like, I just want to try it, e- yeah. experiment with it
0: yep. yeah. cool.
3: and see where it leads me.
0: It's a good trade. <laughs> Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: So my story is a little bit different. Um, I went to regular public high school and at the time the Sikorsky career pathways, um, option just wasn't available. So I just applied the regular way to get hired at Sikorsky. It took me a long time though. I applied pretty consecutively for at least a year and then finally one day the floodgates opened and they let me in. Here I am.
0: Did either of you know anything about unions when you came to work at Sikorsky Aircraft?
3: Just the bare minimum.
0: Just so so when you say the bare minimum did you learn anything about unions in school or did you get all of your knowledge here through the career pathways program?
3: Um it wasn't taught in school um but it was conversed about through my shop teachers. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, that's something. That's different than, than most schools. Amy, I bet you didn't hear anything about unions.
4: Um, I did a little bit in school. It was touched on briefly, but I knew about unions through my dad, mostly because he worked at Sikorsky Aircraft. So.
3: Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah. See, I came to work at Sikorsky Aircraft from a white-collar family knowing nothing about unions and and. Anything I had heard about unions was bad, and, and you know, unions were, you know, they were the anti-company entity, right? Because they help workers. Right, because <laughs> they help workers. And and this is something, you know, my, my parents didn't have strong opinions about it, but, um, but for sure I didn't have a positive uh, view of unions. And look at me now. I can't shut up about unions.
1: <laughs> I hear you.
4: I did have one job that was very anti-union, and um, they— they would threaten you um, if you tried to organize or if anyone came in and tried to organize. So that was kind of my first experience with unions, I guess you could say.
0: And how did you deal with that? Did were you Were you put off by that?
4: It was difficult because I needed the job. And they did terminate people who would wear the pin that they were trying to organize. Yeah, and geez. I had one and um, my manager told me to take it off. So I did because I couldn't lose the job, but at the time I was naive and I didn't know that, like, legally that might not have been so true.
0: (laughs) Yep, that's really good information because we talk about that on this podcast. We talk about all the time, we talk about organizing and we talk about the tactics that companies use and and they they will, they'll break the law in little ways like that That, every time. That's
2: union busting 101 right there.
0: Absolutely, take it off. Yeah, a violation of the rule of company rules and it's not um him the the boss saying that is a violation of of uh of the law Mm -hmm. right so
1: what you went through with that employer and then your family history being a union shop i know your brother works in the union as well right so did you know early on that you wanted to get involved in the union you've been involved for a long time now
4: yeah i i was hopeful i mean at the job that i was working previous that didn't want a union and i was all for it because i knew what the union could bring and it would just improve the uh, workplace Um, but eventually that job just didn't work out for me so that's while i was working there i was also applying here and just hoping and praying that i could get hired and be more involved in the union
0: um, and I actually didn't know that, that your dad worked here. Mm-hmm. Um, does he still work here
4: no he retired in uh, 2018 he worked okay. here for about 42 years oh, How wow.
0: does he what does he what does he think about you being uh, an executive board member with the union
4: He was very proud yeah yeah he came and watched me get sworn in That's right he did yeah. now that you yeah. mentioned
0: that yeah. I forgot about that yeah. that's awesome yeah that's really cool so um, so Mia you said something about um you you wanted to try something new in school because there weren't a lot of women involved in in auto shop,
3: yeah i figured um i just wanted to do something different um kind of like a in my head it was more like a do over um i was like you know what you know because I, I i had i've worked at a uh well i try to get jobs at you know a retail place or like a autos uh, auto store parts and I'm place, and for some reason, like I'm, I'm taking the bus. It's winter and it's cold out. I don't have a car, and I'm trying to make these interviews. And you know, being young and not experienced in a workplace was 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 tough. And I was like, you know, I'm, I just want to do like automotive something different. And I'm like my teacher could do it, I could do it. Um,
0: and look at you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a master's degree. Am I right? Yeah,
3: I yeah I've. um I took all the advantages of, um, you know, the decisions that I made, I took a lot of advantages of the opportunity. And I got to say, the union has actually opened a lot of doors for me, um, you know, hand in hand with the companies, you know, getting my degrees and things like that. So I think that um, the decision making in the beginning um, was uh, paid off.
0: And, and and I want to I want to be careful how we how we talk about this, but I, I think it's really important to talk about um, about what the both of you mean to the union because um, we've had one woman on our executive board before you in our entire history. So local 1150 has been around since 1962, um, and and we've had one woman on the executive board in all of those years. So so. In, in one day, we tripled the number of women that we have uh, on the executive board in our history. Um, and, and I personally think that's important to talk about, right? Not not just specifically um, what it means to Local 1150, but, you know, what it means, period, right? Yeah. I, I think it's really important um, to recognize when um, when milestones like that are reached, right? Um So, so is, is there, I mean, there must be pride, right? Absolutely. Yes. Um, Does it, what does it mean to you? Just forget about, forget about being, you know, groundbreaking women, right? But what does it mean to you just to be a member of, of this executive board?
4: It's an honor, honestly. And if you asked me a year or two ago, if I would see myself on the e-board, I probably would have said no, but it's amazing how fast things change and people change and myself, um, self growth.
3: I personally, I I agree with Amy there. It's it's definitely an honor. Um, At the same time, Teamsters as though fought for women and um, uh, was involved in the civil rights movement and things like that. And um, so Teamsters as a whole has always like been there. Um, But I think to be on the board for Local 1150, um, as the workforce is changing, um, the diversity is changing, the ideas are changing, um, as everything is changing, and as I sit down and have these meetings with um, the women that's um, discussing their issues um, in the workplace, and then you realize sometimes it takes a woman to be on the board to for another woman to say, oh, we have a woman on the board. Um, When I look at things like that, you know, when the question always comes up, how come there isn't any women there or any women in this field are doing that? And my first thoughts are, is there any women that are interested in the field? Is there any women um, going through struggles trying to get there? Because sometimes it may not be a woman that's interested in those positions or maybe turned off in those positions but sometimes when women see another woman there it almost inspires them
0: that's a really yeah. good point mm-hmm. I actually never I, I never looked at it from that perspective um, you know and and we talked before we before we turned the microphones on right and and from from my perspective I just think women need a voice right that's true. Um, mm-hmm. no Absolutely. matter no matter where we are women need a voice and I think it's I think that's important um, for for the both of you to be in leadership positions to bring that voice to the leadership of the union because I, I, I can tell you that um, this this was a, a a matter of the most qualified people being brought onto the board. I was part of the discussions when Rocco said, Rocco was looking to get younger. Right? We we're a pretty old leadership team, and and we needed to get younger. We needed to hear from the younger generation because, quite frankly, I, I don't understand, um, I don't understand the younger generation in in every aspect. Right? I, I'm old. I'm I'm yeah. not young. <laughs> um, and and when we talked about getting younger, we you know we made lists of people and and. The two of you were at the top of those lists, right? So, um, I want to be clear about that—that that it was it was a qualification thing, and and really, really um, advantageous that you both happen to be women, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's important
3: because I I could actually say and correct me if I'm wrong, Amy. When we talked about it earlier, we were like. You know, we both really don't have the mindset of, you know, um, or, or the mindset of the challenges that's going to take place. If we're going to do something, we're just going to do it. Yeah. You know, we don't look at, you know, um, why am I here or, or is this a good job for me? It's like, no, regardless of we're, you know, a man or a woman, you know, we both, you know, uh, apply ourselves to the position um, we should be. Treat it fairly, you know, as a position, because we don't go in the workforce and say, oh, I'm going to be better than you or a woman's better than you. It's like, no, it's like, we're going to come in and we're going to do our job. And at the same time, as long as we get treated fair, we're, we're okay. So we have the mindset of not even thinking about the challenges until they occur.
0: Well, and, yeah. and both of you, and that's why you're sitting in, in in the chairs that you are, right? Both of you have have faced whatever challenge has been given to you. Um, and and been successful right it, everything that the union has asked you to do you you've, you've been successful at doing that right and that's why you're here it wasn't you know covering our eyes and throwing a dart at a board right um, you're here for a reason
4: thank you thank you I just like to say that um, you were saying we're the second and third women to be on the eboard in the whole history but um, bringing up that first woman, Deb Johnson. She is such a role model to me and I'm so happy to like follow in her footsteps, you know, and she really did bring me in and get me involved um, in the union a lot more early on with uh, community outreach and EAP.
0: So do you feel any sense of responsibility to be that same role model for younger women coming, coming into the union?
4: Absolutely, definitely.
1: And Mia, I mean, it's kind of interesting you're taking on, you both are taking on this role now where you can be that uh, representation for other women coming up. But you've kind of had that role in the school program as well, right? I I imagine there weren't a ton of women in that program when you were in school to look up to. And now you've taken a a pretty active role in helping recruit new employees.
3: Um, Yeah, so it was only like three of us in the shop. Um, The numbers were always very small when it comes to, like, women in automotive um, and things like that. And, and like, with the students, I love uh, the program, doing the program, being involved in the program because I see myself, my old self, sitting in that seat. And as long as I could get... A student I don't care if it's like one or two because it's always that one student that has a lot of talent you know can work very hard but get over easily overlooked and 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 that's why I'm so passionate about the the program because I see myself sitting in that seat and I just want to pass on um, the knowledge mentorship and things like that because just because you're struggling at home or whatnot, it doesn't mean you can't make it. You just have to choose, you know, the best decisions for you.
0: So, and please stop me if, if I'm harping on the, the the gender issue a little too much. But, but I think it's really important. Like, So I used to do the school visits for the Career Pathways program. And, and I, I backed off of that because I thought it was really important to have Younger people doing those visits, right? N- none of those kids want to listen to an old guy. They want to listen to someone younger who they can relate to a little bit better. Um, so, along those lines, I-, I know both of you do school visits for career pathways. Um, do you feel like you're um, you're just being there as a, a representative of Sikorsky Aircraft and a representative of the union? Do you feel like you're making um, young girls? feel more comfortable about this kind of work?
3: Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, I would say, because you have a lot of uh, women who, uh, young women that will come up to me and ask me questions um, and things of that nature. Um, And that's why I said, you know, like for me, like for me and Amy, if if we have to do something, we're we're just going to do it regardless, man or woman. But sometimes people want to see that, representation um you know which which is a big part that I'm realizing like I'm I'm a go-getter regardless of yep. what mm-hmm. it is you and know? that's why
0: you're here right <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah yeah so so yeah I think it's it's important
0: yeah because you said that earlier and I, I again I never really looked at it from from that different perspective but um you know even even when women who are working at Sikorsky Aircraft now you know they see that Wow, we have two women on the executive board. Maybe I'll go to a union meeting, right? I, I don't know if that's going to be the equation, right? But I hope it is. You know, um, I I hope we get more involvement from across the board. It's true. Of that.
4: We've had a. We've had some of the younger women in the membership come up to us after a meeting and ask how they can get more involved and if they can join a women's committee and if there is one and how to get involved in it. So there's definitely an interest.
1: That's awesome. Can you speak to kind of what you guys did to get involved? I know you worked in a lot of the golf tournaments, donating a lot of time. You had the school program. You both had the school program. Um, So what kind of things would you recommend for a young person that's just joining our workforce that wants to have a future in the union?
3: um get involved get come in- to membership meetings yeah i agree with amy um get involved even if you don't like the interest because the people you meet and the people in the in the friendship that you can create and um and things like that i mean the the, the networking is is very interesting and helpful mm-hmm. because you know who to go to who to talk to um and i feel like if you get involved like I said, even if it's just volunteering for a golf tournament. You may not like golf, you may not play golf, but you volunteer, you meet people, you talk to people, you experience different conversations, you listen to the whys, you know, you connect and have like a whole inter- intergenerational conversation. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, discussion, um, a lot of wise discussions and important information that can be, you know, talked about. Yeah, helping out with uh, both the TVC and the 1150
4: scholarship golf tournaments really did help me network and meet people and get involved in other things. I
1: feel like you got some yeah. trustee practice there, too, doing the, the books when the rest of us <laughs> were having a beer. It could have been the
4: start, and I didn't even know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep.
1: But that's true. You never know where you form exactly. those relationships and where you. It's so true. Yeah.
0: So, so why don't you talk a little bit about, because I, I think a, a lot of people listening, don't really understand what the executive board does um what does a trustee do
4: um basically i would say a trustee is responsible for ensuring uh the bookkeeping and the money and um making sure every month that everything checks and balances correctly so basically we just oversee everything like the booking the the bookkeeping that's already been done
0: yeah so it's checks it's a check and checks and balances pretty much so rocco is the um and 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 I guess this is an education for, for everybody listening. Rocco Calo is the principal officer, but he's, the, he's more importantly the secretary treasurer, which means he's in charge of the money. And everything that he does um, has to go through you, you, right? Has to go through the three trustees to make sure um, that he's doing things on the up and up, essentially.
4: Yeah. We'll take votes on certain things.
3: Yeah, checks and balances. As an e-board. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a pretty big responsibility. It is. This union's got four million dollars in the bank there right around there, right? Way um, to let
4: the cat out of the bag. Yeah, Damn.
0: I let it I let it, Damn. I let it out of the bag every new employee orientation. So um it's uh Yeah, it's we have a really out. strong union. Yep. yeah. Money money is power even in this business. Absolutely. So, um so that's a really good thing.
4: It's a huge responsibility, really- but we welcome it. Um like Mia was saying before, I don't really take on a task unless I'm fully committed to it. So
0: We know. (laughs) So what do you want to say in closing? What do you want to say to to, to people out there? Is there anything that you want our members to know about you that we haven't talked about?
3: Oof. Hmm.
0: That one wasn't on the sheet, was it? (laughs) No, it
4: wasn't. Um, Just know that I'm here to serve the membership. I'm committed and here to oversee things and make sure everything checks and balances. And I hope that the members trust in me as much as uh, the rest of the e-board did.
0: Cool. Um, also,
4: if you don't know me and I, we're real friendly. So come down to a membership meeting and afterwards come hang out and meet us. Yeah. Let's network.
0: Definitely. <laughs> Let's network, right?
3: I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be chosen as trustee and enlighten and empower and cultivate um, people but it's going to take a second for me to digest it because we're taking care of 4,000 members. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a big responsibility. And, 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 and our boss Rocco talks about that a lot, right? It, it is a big responsibility to have 4,000, not just 4,000 members, but 4,000 families, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, yeah. uh, entrusted, um, to you, right. And, and not just you, but, a but a, but a, a large leadership team, right? Um, it is a lot of responsibility, and, um, and we appreciate both of you taking on that responsibility um, and, and doing all of the things that you've done throughout the years to, to impact this union in a positive way, and I know that you're going to both continue to do that um, in, in your service as trustees. Um, and, and with that, I'll say thank you for, for coming on the show. Thank you for joining us um we look forward to having you back again sometime
4: thank you thank you can't wait
0: all right so um moving on um upcoming events this is another thing we're going to talk about every episode we're just going to kind of give a rundown of some upcoming events we really don't have any events coming up right
1: um as always we have the membership meeting the third week Third yep. Wednesday of the month, so make sure you come down. Every month we're swearing in new members. You probably see on social media people yeah. take the oath of obligation. Come down, meet our new trustees, meet the rest of the executive board. Uh, there's going to be free food. so The food f-
4: truck's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, it So is. what's the food truck for the February membership meeting?
1: We're going to have to leave you in suspense on that one. We're Ooh, still, a uh, surprise. We're still Ooh. working out the details. <laughs> Last month was the grilled cheese truck. Before that, we had micro out of Hamden. Yeah.
0: yeah, both really popular. Um, I heard no negative feedback, so... Come down, and get some good free food. Um,
2: we're going to have contract surveys coming out, so we want to hear from the membership on things you'd like to see in our contract. So please fill those out and uh, get
0: them back to us. Yep. So just so everybody understands how that works, um, just like in past years, we are going to have a paper survey available. However, we're going electronic this year. We, we do have an electronic survey that's available online. Everybody's going to get a card in the mail with a QR code that they can scan um, and, and take the survey. You can take it more than once, right? If you've got a couple of issues you want to, you want to discuss on your survey, put in two surveys, right? Um, but please fill out the survey. Please let us know what you want the negotiating committee to, to prioritize going into contract negotiations. Um, negotiations are, are coming fast, Mm -hmm. we're already talking to the company about certain issues um, and and that's just going to get more and more frequent. So um, fill out that survey and let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, Vinny, who's on strike? So this is not a complete
2: list. So if there's any that I missed, please let me know. But trying to do Alabama, Connecticut and Florida and, and Maryland. Well, we have Warrior Matt Cole still on on strike. That went on strike on April April 1st of 2021. That's
0: crazy.
2: And they're represented by the United Mine Workers, and uh, they're striking for pay and benefits. We have uh, CBM Florida represented by SEIU, local 32BJ in uh, Miami, Florida, on strike for uh, pay and sick leave. And I, I have a couple here that are uh, in surrounding areas. So uh, St. Vincent's Hospital in Massachusetts is on strike, and they, uh, they've been on strike since March of last year. Wow. And we have Johnson Brothers uh, represented by Local 251 in Rhode Island, and they've been on strike since May of last year, and they're trying to get a first contract. Wow. Wow.
0: That's it. Yeah. So so we're going to do this and every episode. So you'll probably hear repeats of, you know, the the folks that are out on strike week after week after week. Um, and, and we want to talk about it because we've talked about it so many times on past episodes, how important it is for union workers to to support other union workers. And there's no time more important. Um, and and where workers need support uh, more than when they're on strike. So join a picket line. We're giving you a list. If there's something in your local area. Um, Take an afternoon after work, couple of hours, go join a picket line, bring some coffee with you and 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 help those folks out and show them that we support them. Just like when we were on strike, they all supported us. Right. So so we all support one another. So listen to that list. If you have to rewind your podcast to hear it again, um, listen to that list and and go out and support those striking workers. Um,
1: the other thing too, make sure you go out and s- support the places where they're trying to organize as well. There's a lot of organizing drives uh-huh. going on at Starbucks, um, different places all over the country. There was Dollar General up in Barkhamsted, yep. Connecticut. They had a tough election. Yep. Amazon's getting ready to gear up again down in Alabama. Yep. They're actually going to do it. A, a, um, they're going to uh, certify to have an election out in New York as well, Staten Island. So
0: that's really important too. Um, when, when you know that companies are, are under an organization drive, right, under an organizing drive, don't boycott those companies. They're, they're all going to push back, right? They're all going to push back. Don't boycott them. Go support those businesses because you're supporting the workers. And when you walk into those businesses, look for those union pins that Amy was talking about earlier yeah. and and say something right? Say something supportive to those workers who are brave enough to wear the union pin on the job um, and and be public about the fact that they want to organize a union. Support, 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 right? Um, I think it's really important uh, to, to go back into labor history um, and, and talk about labor history. One of the ways we do that is to just give you some quotes. So we're going to have a labor quote every episode that's how we're going to close out the episode every week is to is to give you some some wisdom from a past labor leader uh february is black history month i i can't think of anyone better to quote than martin luther king jr um and for those of you who say huh he wasn't a labor leader yes he was yes he was um the, the 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 week that Martin Luther King Jr. was killed in in Memphis. He was there because there was a garbage strike going on. He was there to support those striking workers. That's the reason he was in that city. So he was a labor yep. leader. Um, and Martin Luther King Jr. said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Um, that's pretty deep. Think yep. about it. Um, but, but you know, what he's saying there is— is is what we've just been saying for the last couple of minutes open your mouth speak up Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. when you when when your friends who are other labor workers out there when they're struggling speak up right don't be silent
1: take that to the shop as well stand up for your co-worker stand up what's for what's right and use the grievance procedure
0: so um Remember to email us. Tell us what you like about this. Tell us what you don't like about this. The email address is comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Ask your questions. Make your comments. um, Anything goes on that. All right? So so we're ready for it. Um, We want to hear from you. So with that, thanks for being with us. Um, We're going to do this again next week. And until then, I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaitzi.
1: I'm Jason Shoemaker. See you next time.